All right, let's see if this works. Um, so how closely have you been following the latest wave of NFT mania? I am on the Bitcoins Telegram daily, every day. I never, I, I don't take a break from this shit. Dude, fuck um, love you. So the hot thing right now is circuits of value, which is a way to vault uh, Bitcoin addresses through like MetaMask and Ethereum and all that kind of stuff. So basically you can take an asset, a counterparty asset or multiple, it doesn't matter. Stick it in a Bitcoin address with the seed phrase. I, I think you can break them open. Um, and that allows you to upload the art in the vault onto like OpenSea or whatever. Okay. 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 We are going to dive into this. I have a breaking announcement. Cornholio the Great has requested to join the pod. I think that's awesome. Cornholio knows a lot about Cobol. Let's fucking go. Uh, all right, let me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another ad hoc, explosive, spicy episode of Crop Talk. Today I'm joined by two esteemed guests. We have our resident, uh, sometimes co-host, sometimes last-minute fill-in guest, Truck. Truck, say hello to the say hello to the farmers out there. Hello, all you farmers out there. That's what I'm talking about. That's great energy, and we have uh, a new surprise guest cornholio the great cornholio thanks for coming on crop talk thank you for having me i'm really excited to contribute to this wonderful podcast i don't even know if i would classify it as a podcast i think it's more of a spiritual awakening a generational movement and perhaps a generational wealth strategy totally well, a lo- journey I'm looking forward to who I will become after this is over and done with. I mean, that's what it's all about here on Crop Talk. It's all about ascending to that next level of uh, deity. So, you know, here we are, and um, we have a lot of really good things to dive into today. But I just want to preface and say that uh, I know many, many of you are waiting for the highly anticipated Xer episode. Um, I have been trying to nail down Exer for weeks now, uh, maybe even months, and the guy is nearly impossible to lock down. He's so busy. He's traveling the world. He's just so, so many important things to do, and yet he's showing up at every auction, and the guy knows how to bid. So, you know, this is a little bit of a teaser episode. Uh, Exer is on vacation. He let me know, but don't worry, farmers. We do have it on the calendar to get him in the uh, in the studio over the next week or so. So stay tuned um, for that explosive drop. But in the meantime, um, I'd like us to just kind of shift a little bit towards Cornholio. So Cornholio, from what I understand, this is your first podcast, um, also first time appearance on uh, Crop Talk. So maybe just to kind of help the farmers out there get oriented on your origin story, maybe just kind of walk us through, you know, what drew you towards counterparty, Bitcoin, and then how did you find your way to the farm uh, with Bitcoins? I think it was uh, yeah, early 2019. First, Theo had came and Theo Goodman came and down in Atlanta at one of the tab, uh, the Atlanta blockchain. Um, just a normal like, Bitcoin meetup. And he was presenting about counterparty and rare pepes and kind of like talked about bitcoin crops and i'd been aware of counterparty but i had been sort of i had all of my crypto kind of sitting off to the side and wasn't doing much with it but i was still kind of staying involved with the community 
And then it was uh, a month or two later was the Tab conf- conference, which was kind of raided by the uh, Bitcorners. Truck was there, Dan was there, and Escrillo, and I think uh, like Roger was there, and a handful of others. And then so I was kind of ended up was drawn to that booth and just kept hanging around. And Dan he crop dusted me. Sent me a cornholio, and from there it was, you know, I just kind of bought my booster pack and got myself the uh, corn holders and got uh, the 3D glasses and, you know, took every sticker I could from the booth. And it kind of, from there it was, it just became a, lifetime farmer and just been tending to my crops from early 2019 so i wasn't there at the when it started like i came in about a year after the the first crop drop crop but truck is that what we call it? was it to be called the crop what what do we call the genesis what what it do we have a name uh, for that i like crop drop uh, I like it too. Uh, Cornholio, what is what is your farm? It is Farm Titicaca. Oh, sick! And you can find it uh, at Lake Titicaca, obviously, and got the coordinates down to like uh, some point six nines for the extra moistness. That's hilarious. You got 0.69 coordinates. <laughs> yeah, let me. Amen, brother. Amen. Um, well, great. Well, it's so nice to hear that the energy that you were feeling uh, from the TAF conference really drew you in. And I agree. I mean, that energy is eternal. And um, I have to ask you a follow up question there. Do you, was Counterparty, was, was the original Bitcoin NFT movement? Was this born in the South? Because it seems like all of the counterparty guys, like they're all in like Atlanta or Florida, like period. Yeah, I mean, there was like, looking back, like the um, Florida, like the, I mean, I'm trying to blank on his name now, but like the Bitcoin Unlimited guys, or not Bitcoin Unlimited, but Uncensored, Bitcoin Uncensored. So like Crit, Chris, yeah, yeah. Genseth, yeah. Yeah, so they were down in, um, yeah, they were at the top TabConf too. And I mean, I'm not sure about the developers where they were, but I mean, I know Theo himself, he was in North Carolina, but he's now a German resident as well. And I mean, so he was always involved and he was right there he was the first one to publish a card after mike and rare pepes and of course he has his theos i i i'm well aware i i am a proud owner of a physical theos of a physical theos you have i have the theos yeah man i thought dan had the theos did you? There are three Theoses, right? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's a pretty prestigious tier one alpha class. Uh, yeah, I mean, I w- I've only heard of its, its existence, but I haven't. It's very. It very, transcends yeah, the 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 meta and physical world. It's um, I can only. Just so you know, for those listening, I, I can only hold a Theos in my hands no more than three times a year because it's just the amount of energy radiating from it. And there's so many cryptic things that Theo has embedded within the actual physical NFT itself. It's radical. And I don't think the market's at a point of maturity yet where it can even handle an asset of this class. I mean, we're still at the early innings here uh with with where we're going with this uh you know generational wealth meme movement so 
Um, we will definitely touch on that on later episodes, but yes, it's, it's pretty exciting. And I think what stands out to me though, is that you basically got a bunch of, let's call it like what, like 15, 20 dudes in the American South who like decided to bro down together and started uh, creating this shit. And, and like those two guys just broing or those not two, but those group of guys just broing down, like just created millions of dollars of value for everybody across the world. Like that's, that's totally insane, but that's what we're here for. Yeah, I mean that's the beauty of crypto. It's it just takes. It's sort of um, the Buckminster Fuller quote of, you know, call me Trim Tab, which is like the little piece on the back of the ship that turns the entire ship. It's just like one little piece that can move the entire warship or whatever type of let's say you know you can be standing in the ocean but you can still control and have enormous effects on these giant movements and we're seeing this kind of come to life after there are lots of years of kind of uh, kind of brewing up. I mean, I don't yeah. know. Like, would you even call it like, like okay? Like, I don't even know if I would call it like hard work. Like, I don't, I don't know, I don't, I don't know what's gotten us to today's point in time. You know, it's like, like, what is this? Is is it shit posting? Is it creative? I mean, the answer is all the above here, but like. Uh, you know, is it shit posting? Is it creativity? Is it uh, a technological breakthrough? Is it a cultural moment where um, people are changing their mind around um, what they think is worth spending money on? I mean, I don't know, man. But let's. But you know what? I, this is why you're here, right? Because these. This is the topic of our time. This is. Um, one of the most pressing issues of our generation and um we're here to dissect that so cornholio my first question to you how would you how would you navigate the dankness of an nft versus the sexiness of an nft uh, well and which and which has more value I mean, that's very subjective. The the dankness it comes with with the timestamp. No, the token is the art. You know, you have counterparty has the beauty of being able to give it an actual name that nobody else can claim. And then the sexiness is then what represents that token that we put forward with our effort by creating these art pieces or whatever other kind of medium we want to attach to that token. Okay, well, my contention is like counterparty and Bitcoin people, um, we we create dankness because we have um we have I, I don't i don't man i don't know what to call it but like counterparty and rare pepe and bitcoin like you look at those cards and that shit is dank bro like that like it's it's dank it it is like right on the pulse of meme culture which is the internet which is like what we all are growing up and have grown up with um, so that's dankness, right? It's not about, you know, having that really shiny, sexy GIF. And when I look at the, uh, the ETH tards and I look at those NFTs, NFTs on, on, uh, OpenSea, I see, I see what looks like sexy on the surface, but I see no soul. I see no heart. I see no reason for me. Like, why would you spend money on like a flashy, gif 
on the internet. You know, like that's like the, that's like that's so low effort nowadays. That's like a I always think of like the ETH NFT people as like these are like um, like kids who went to really expensive private art colleges and they took and they majored in like graphic design and and they can like spit out these like you know shiny reflective giffy uh things in like 30 minutes and, and that's like supposed to be desirable you know like like why would you i just don't understand like why you'd want to spend money on like a sexy gif like if anything i want to i want to capture what's ca what what gets in like incorporated within a meme right and you look at some of these dank rare pepes and these dank bitcoin cards it's like it's it's not only just like funny but it's also capturing like what is going on in in culture at that specific time across the internet and so like this is what's always bothered me with with like counterparty is because we have the best product but we don't have the best distribution we don't have the best marketing and but i think that's changing so i don't know truck you've been around for a while what do you what do you think well it is changing and i would argue that the eth tards like they kind of know that their artists shit i mean they had a huge movement about you know making uh eth art out of trash cans and, and toters i mean that was like the whole point is is you're right they are these kids who are like turning their nose up at high art and saying, you know, this is technology as art. It doesn't have to be good. It can just be, you know, these, these images of trash cans. And that's, that's worth a lot of money because it's new and it's, it's very avant-garde as far as art goes. But uh, for distribution of um, our cards, our Bitcoin cards into a wider audience, um, I want to take a quick step back. I know the XR episode is coming. Very excited to listen to that. And uh, one of the main reasons I'm so excited to listen to it is because Exer was basically doing what Emblem Vaults were doing before Emblem Vaults really came into the scene. And that's like creating physical trading cards that ho hold original NFTs with like the sticker on the back. And they're in these, you know, really nice plastic slabs that are very attractive. So Exer.co, see all that stuff. It's really exciting. But um, yeah, these Emblem Vaults, they're like an entire wallet inside of a token that then you can sell on OpenSea using like MetaMask and Ethereum. Okay. So we're breaking into Ethereum space now. Okay. So let's let's level set here. So the uh, the um the market it sounds like the marketplace is on ETH. Oh yeah, totally. That's where the money is. That's where the liquidity is, right? That's where the action is. So fine, whatever. We look at ETH and um, you're saying that, well, this, again, this is like, this is like the most, this has been going on. This is a conversation that's like painful to hear rehashed because it's been going on in Counterparty for forever. So maybe for the audience and for me personally, can you walk me through this Emblem Vault? Because I have my sources, I have my contacts. And um, we have a lot of super hella rare dank NFTs on Bitcoin and rare Pepe. And, you know, this stuff's changing quickly. And this emblem vault or this emblem dot finance has come up as a hot topic. But can you just walk us through like how that works? And then I have questions around like, what's the counterparty risk? And I'm not talking about counterparty, the protocol. I'm talking about whoever this emblem finance thing is. But can, can you just kind of walk us through like when when did this thing show up and how does it work? So the first thing I want to say, I guess, is I definitely can see risk here because uh, Emblem Vault is kind of this term that you can, from what I understand, use a couple different avenues to get to. So like you can use Coval, which is the probably the more popular of the two right now, which is circuits of value. Um, but it's also possible with Matic. Um, and what they're doing is they're taking an NFT. Let's say it's it's a blockchain token of some kind. It could be a Bitcoin token. It could be a Tezzy's token. I don't think it matters. And you can take that token or multiple tokens and place it inside of another token on Ethereum using Koval or Matic and then trade it using DeFi pools or OpenSea or whatever. 
And I, I hope I'm not getting too far ahead of myself. And, and no, that's good. already a lot to understand. But from what I understand also, so there's a guy in the Bitcoins chat, Hillbilly Deluxe 2020, who's saying that they're also working on an NFT to NFT app, which basically means you can put like a Bitcoin NFT in one and an Ethereum NFT in another and then swap the two with no KYC. So you're, you're taking an, a token on a blockchain, yep. embedding it into another token that is then able to go into the area where there's money. And, and it costs quite a bit of money to list these things and to wrap these things. I mean, there's gas fees that are quite high, especially when you compare them to how low the fees on Bitcoin have been recently, which is kind of ironic. So you're basically taking something that has no liquidity, wrapping it in a way that then you can sell it in a marketplace that's loaded with liquidity. Bro, it, it's we're creating synthetic assets, right? And and this is what this is this is where I'm at, right? Is there's enormous market demand for these hell of dank, super rare, sick as fuck memes and nfts but everyone's trying to decide like where's the marketplace right and so right now eth is the marketplace right but we all hate eth eth sucks nobody wants to use eth it's you know super high fees if you try to if you try to lowball your fee and you send a transaction and any lowball and then tr transaction fails you just burned your fee it's gone and i don't have any confidence that eth is going to be the final sentence <laughs> settlement layer for nfts which i and and all that we're doing in trying to solve this problem is we're just we're just wrapping things right we're just creating synthetic derivatives of, of what the underlying asset is and so like what happens in like three years when all the nfts move to i don't know tezos or all the nfts move to solana or all the nft because it's cheaper or all the NFTs move to, I don't know, some fucking lightning protocol that comes out where we, you know, or maybe, maybe it's liquid, right? Like, do we just, is, is this going to a place where we, we, we like, yeah, we wrap and then we wrap again and then we, we just keep wrapping? Like, is, is, is that, is that where this is going? We just keep wrapping until we all finally decide that like, this is the, this is, the, this is the token, this is the NFT marketplace, like for real, for real. Do you guys see what I'm saying? Yeah, but sure. Fuck it. Just keep wrapping it. Who cares? Just wrap it. It's not wrapping, it's a vault. So technically, you're sending your NFT, your Bitcoin, or Rare Pepe. It's staying within a Bitcoin address. It's not a synthetic. But Well, no. no because what you've done is you, you've taken your counterparty risk and you've entrusted it to uh, Emblem, right? You're saying, Emblem, I trust you to, to stay in sync with yeah, counterparty. That's yeah. true. Well, yeah. um, you're trusting that they don't have access to the private key in some some way because I don't think they've had like a full audit of their code. It's supposedly coming, but there's. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the, the, the real answer is who cares, right? Like, like it's it's some fuck. It's it's like it's like probably like two fucking dudes, uh, you know, somewhere out there and. You know they're they're solving a problem, um, which is really smart. But my point is, if I'm holding a collection of generational wealth in my counterparty assets, how do I have confidence that uh, whoever I'm, I don't know, like wrapping this with, or you know, how can I trust them? Right? I think I think that's that's where I've been kind of a little bit stuck. But you know, it's a problem that the market's going to solve, I, and I think it's really exciting that we're seeing all of this come together. Um, I don't know, man. We just we just need to have like a lightning. We need a fucking like lightning token thing that this because the thing that Ethereum has certainly is uh, a bunch of like super noob, avid, uh, new crypto people that like want to buy all of the tokens and everything is super exciting all i mean come on guys like you can think of like your early days right like you want to blockchain every like blockchain the world blockchain blockchain every single possible thing that's tangible just, just fucking blockchain it um so they're in that stage 
And I think we just, I think it's going to be interesting to watch over the next, you know, let's call it three to six months or the, you know, back half of 2021, just to kind of see where this stuff settles. Um, because there's no way in hell that I'm going to let my corn cards and my rare pepes uh not get ac- not not get access to that to that marketplace but i i, I just think that, I, I don't know i just think for me i'm just i'm just kind of scratching my head i'm like where does all this shit settle you know <laughs> like what, what are we ultimately building towards like where does this go that's why i like counterparty party because it is actual transactions in bitcoin and i think it will have the longevity or yeah ethereum you know they're switching to proof of stake ETH 2.0. And yeah, I asked myself too, like what are what's gonna become of all these tokens? Do they need to then burn them and recreate them? Or how what's that process gonna look like when that you know, comes to fruition? That if they, you know, in 18 months or whatever it's gonna be, that they actually are fully merged into a proof of stake system and I mean, I don't like the idea of because I mean, lightning would be, I think, kind of uh, odd solution because you would still eventually have to settle it back into Bitcoin blockchain, and it'd be kind of I don't I think it would be you'd be losing a little bit of the magic of what counterparty is by trying to find some other solution then. And I don't know, maybe. I mean, I, I'm 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 with you, bro. But I like trust me. Like I love I I love Counterparty. Um, I just don't I just don't think Counterparty. It's it's just not a long term solution, right? Like I I will die for Counterparty. I love Counterparty, right? Like it's those guys are really smart, and they had a really good idea. Um, but you know, this was this was an idea that was back in what like 2014, maybe is that right? Yeah, I mean, it was 2013 is when it was being written. It was beginning of 2014. That is a burn, yeah. And, and yeah, that's the big difference between that and Ethereum. You know, every everybody on Ethereum pretty much has all of their Ethereum still. And no, but, 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 but the ETH people so are just marketing. They're just marketing, right? They're, they're seeing a craze. They're seeing an influx of low iq bottom of the barrel you know whatever and and they're and they're just gonna you know create some you know grad student you know gif and just some that nft i think what's so special and unique about the counterparty is that it's it was so early it was so close to the center of gravity around like beam culture at that time and it was so niche too like you really had to like be deep in this shit to, to figure out like how to do this um and it kind of brings me to my next point which would be you know when we look across the menu of 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 nfts that we see today right i think what we're noticing is that um i hate that nfts that were created you know back in like 2016 you know 2017 those are demanding more value there's more demand for those than some of this other stuff that's coming out. So I think like, can we all agree that, you know, each, each wave of adoption, right? Each three to four year cycle that we go through the NFTs that are created within that moment, can we assume that looking forward that just given that they were a a timestamp in a certain moment on internet culture, does that automatically make them more valuable? moving forward or was there or was there this kind of like halo period where it was only the nfts that were only created right there in the beginning those are the most desirable and now that the cat's out of the bag you know there's going to be unlimited nfts minted and created and and shit and you know the supply for those is endless but there's only so many original thoughts that were created within these bitcoin cards and these rare pepes and, and and that's where the real value is With yeah, Ray, I, I, there was a. Oh, I'm sorry, Cornelio. Go ahead. No, you go ahead, Rico. What I was going to say is, with Rare Pepe, it had a theme and it was a movement, 
And I talked about that trash art movement that went through early too, but but I'm not really seeing a movement happening right now in Ethereum on their NFT network. I'm seeing glitchy looking GIFs that are hastily made that are sold to kids that have come into a lot of money well, by well, buying Ethereum. Hold on, hold on. What about like, um, okay, so something I don't understand then is like, why are Crypto Kitties dead? Uh, but the punks are like all time highs. I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, why, why aren't the Crypto Kitties pamping? Good it's question. Just, I, I mean, they must have a better marketing budget, I guess. <laughs> or I, I don't have an something happening with like big time holders at the top that are somehow like choking supply. I don't know. Oh man, listen, it's I, I think it's definitely wash trading, and I think you've 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 got uh, you've got folks who have invested in a platform, and the way to grow the volume of the platform is to is to you know set a floor of what the assets listed on the platform are worth. So I think you've got some incentives working together there. But like I don't know, man. Like honestly, I, I look at like Bitcoin. I look you know Bitcoin. There's a theme. I look at Rare Pepe. There's a theme, and then I look at the ETH people and how they do that. And they and they make their uh, you know they make their punks. They make their kitties. They make their penguins. They make their rock, like, dude. What was that? Some fucking ETH rock sold today for like, I don't know. How do you guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's like that's because it's one of the ancient 2017 ETH projects, and it yeah, it sold for like forty thousand or something. Who cares? Way too much, right? It's it's a it's a fucking rock that took you know. What <laughs> like ten minutes to make? Not yeah, even. Well, you're buying the timestamp. But that that's what I'm saying, right? Is the real value in buying the timestamp? Or is it in how NFTs are, you know, evolving and growing towards the future? You know, I always made my own personal artwork on Bitcoin blockchain because that's where I wanted to be. That's where I Man, felt it was gonna live on the longest. And, uh, you know, some of those timestamps are, in my opinion, only going to get more and more valuable, especially the the cards that have kind of risen to the top of the conversation, like your rare Pepe's and, you know, your, your farm hands, some of the original ones, the, the, the Lambo garages. I mean, those cards are going to be worth millions someday. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, I got a guy out there, a farmer out there who's sitting on a horde of water towers and we have been begging him you know he has he has a young son and we've been begging him we've been saying farmer think of your son right like these these things these manias come in waves like you've got three figures of water tower M maybe offer 15 of those to the market M maybe offer 50 of those to the market and Maybe. he refuses because his conviction is so high in the dankness, in the value of his assets that he says, I reject that because I know that I can hand these down to my son in the future and he will have his generational wealth. And if I don't, if I don't hold on, if I don't carry on and preserve the value of water tower, if I don't do all of these things, then my son is doomed to a life of TikToking and OnlyFans, and that is and that is the only future that he has for his outlook. Well, I I think that the farmer's pretty smart. His son is never going to go thirsty, and Amen. you know there are other farmers out there that regret selling their memes uh, way too early all the time. You can you can see him in the chat. Oh my god, I can't believe I sold my meme so early. What a dummy I was. You know, I've basically destroyed my family's wealth and their future security. My my children are going to be thirsty for the rest of their lives. <laughs> so hold on to those water towers because, you know, you know, there's, there's thirsty children. <laughs> there's nothing worse than leaving your children a legacy of of dryness and being thirsty. Love it. We don't want thirsty children. Absolutely not. That uh, that cannot happen.
the last um, one of my final talking points here is I just want to understand we're in this new arena, right? I, and I think something that didn't exist in Counterparty, at least I wasn't aware like earlier on, like let's say like, you know, before 2020 was this whole thing with the dispenser. And so we have this model with Counterparty uh, with the dispenser. I think it's really awesome. I think it's fantastic. It needs some some UI improvements, but overall it's a pretty slick system. And then we have the platforms, you know, like OpenSea. And so I just wanted to get your guys' take on, you know, if you want to offer your dankness, your farm work, your rare pepes to the market, what's the better approach, right? Do you do you keep it pure and hope and pray that those who seek and desire the assets can figure out how to use a counterparty dispenser? Or is the better route to do the open sea, but then you're just swimming in a ocean of shit and then you're stuck with ETH and you have to figure out how do I fucking convert ETH back to the one true corn? Cornholio, I'll go to you first. Well, I've been you know, burning ETH trying to create an OpenSea account. I finally got my first card up. I feel completely icky and dirty having walked across that bridge. And meanwhile, yeah, I've used dispensers to very much like, sold quite a, quite a few different dank cards. Even arranged to sell uh, one of my rare Pepe's to somebody using a dispenser. And, you know, it's just like 15 minutes of just doing a click, waiting for a block to arrive. And then them sending the, ca- uh, the Bitcoin to the address, and it's all done. There's no 2.5% fee going to a platform. It's a very clean, re- like relatively quick process. And you, know, you can set them, they stay open. So you know, it's like looking at somebody went and raided the, like, so you know, John or the great and late John Bilara, yeah. who had open dispensers like around its inception when he created them and introduced them. He put his um, like 40 plus cards up, you know, like in three different addresses. He had like a hundred cards of each. And it was a really nice kind of introductory set where it costs like two, three hundred dollars to get. Yeah, it was like there's a lot of them where uh, you got doubles. So you got uh, like 60, 70 cards, but somebody today just rated it, like took out the last 50 offers. That was kind of sad to see. But I mean, it's a, it's a free market. And you know, somebody had a, you know, a couple of grand Bitcoin just fell. Uh, and now I've seen that being flipped on the decks now for. Pepe Cash and XCP, but I think the the dispensers is kind of eye opening. There's a little bit of the user interface that needs to be, you know, like sharpened around the edges to where it's easier to search, filter through them, and like when that whenever there's an incoming transaction, that it'll give a warning, like because there's been. Lots of people hitting the dispenser at the same time as others, and then it's you just having to rely on that oh, wow. counterparty to send the Bitcoin back. And so there's, it's still new, and I mean it's pretty much just one or two guys like J Dog and I don't know maybe a couple other people contributing. So there's not a whole you don't have the Budget like OpenSea has just had like a multi billion dollar valuation with you know like a fundraise of I think they brought in like 900 million dollars or something insane. And but meanwhile, Counterparty is just 
still producing these innovations that work much better for the end user. It's it's brilliant and it's you know, I'm happy to be a part of using this as a kind of my everyday NFT buying and selling need. All right. So Cornholio firmly on the dispenser approach. Truck, what do you got? Uh, it's really attractive looking, these emblem vaults. Uh, there's a lot of money over there. And I think I might uh, dip my toes in with maybe some force of will or some memory chain cards. Um, but in my humble opinion, even though Counterparty is held together with uh, duct tape and chewed bubble gum, it feels like at times, uh, if you can't figure it out, uh, my cards are too dank for you and you don't deserve them. Amen, brother. That is what exactly <laughs> what I, I am so aligned with that energy. I, I agree. You know, it's like if you want this, if you really want this dankness, and if you're willing to pay the price, this is where the market is. You have to you have to come to where the market is and you have to submit and you have to you have to bid. So I completely agree. I, I think, you know, I, I agree that dispensers it's a trade-off as with everything in life. And what we're what we're really curating for with the dispenser approach is those who understand the value, they understand the meaning of the meme, and they have the and they have like the the real desire and the spiritual integrity to take the right steps to secure it on what is undoubtedly the future reserve currency of the world. So I think, I mean, I, I think, I think we're all on the same page here, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, listen, the counterparty, <laughs> it's just, it's just got to keep chugging. It's just, you know, we, we need, uh, we need the J dogs. We need all those, uh, all those invested parties to keep it, keep it flowing. And um, it's still chugging. So we'll keep it going. All righty. Uh, my final question, corn holio. Can you please let us know what do you what is the most dank Bitcoin card or the most dank farm that has caught your fancy? Um, I, yes. You can most, also do rare. I will also allow rare Pepe. You can also. I, mean, I like well the farm. I really like the um, what was the Pepe Civic, the trash. Like um, Patch. That's Roger's farm. Yeah, but she's kind of disappeared off the map. He's tending to his crops out in the middle of the Pacific. And I mean, yeah, I, I love the farmhand and the rare corn. And I have, uh, of course, the original. The Yacht Dock and Helipad and the Lambo Garage. I mean, I think that's uh, the Cornonymous was it's an interesting thing that's going on again. Oh, 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 bro. Let's talk about Cornonymous. I mean, I, I don't know if I even want to touch it no. anymore because. <laughs> Who is he? I I have I have well, that's, I, I that's have, the big question right now. I've turned over every stone. I've looked in every corner. I and, and I've gone deep. I've asked many of my sources, and they are wide and they are broad. And I and, and I have not even gotten a hint of who Cornonymous may or may not be. I have nothing. I have total. I'm, I'm like totally dry. I, I have no. I had my suspicions and but they were proved wrong. So I'm I'm at ground zero. They were proved wrong. Did you buy the dispenser and No 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 as far as who Cornonymous is. I mean you remember he he, she, they used to um propose those riddles in the Bitcoin chat. And uh at least, you know, Mika, our humble tribe, 
would go into a frenzy trying to solve those riddles and uncover who this mysterious farmer is. And, um, you know, it still remains a great mystery of our time. Have you seen the dispenser in the most recent chat? Um, it's, I think, a two-week window. There's a dispenser set up for a Cornotomous card. You, it's for 0 0.0666 Bitcoin. You need to purchase it and then send it back to the um, source address with a memo of which farmer do you think it is. And if you are correct, you get the remaining stock. And, but if you're wrong, you get two back. So and it's, a, it's an expensive guess, but you get two Cornonymous cards if you trust this individual to send two back. So, so this is totally different than the Twitter account saying, hey, send me two BTC, I'll send you five back. This is totally different, right? It does kind of sound like a, one of those Elon Musk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Heladank, this this guy's a hero. Uh, whoever he is, he, she, they. Um, just exceptional farming going on at every level. Uh, really leaning into the energy and uh, delivering a phenomenal product. As, as well I as have my suspicions of who it is, but now I... So while we were talking, I just hit a dispenser for it's when got thirty five thousand Bitcoin while we we're just talking here, Sick. and I just see my balance just dropped below the cornonymous amount. So yeah, <laughs> I I had it loaded up ready to maybe shoot off. So now I may have just kind of kicked myself out of that game, but that's okay. I already had my run at one of the cards and it got messed up by some other farmer oh i still have nightmares about not getting my cornonymous card when i tried <laughs> okay so if two you've failed to get you've played the game and you've lost you know, I'll do a bit of a reveal here. You know, uh, Cornholio, I, I'll be honest. I thought you were a contender for Cornonymous. I mean, who knows? I could be. I could you just could be, be playing the game. I uh, could be Cornonymous. Like 40. Well, I don't. Yeah. I don't what see do why you, not. What do you think the odds are that it's Wheeler? Um, I mean, it's possible because hey, he screwed up my run at it. And then. If it turns out to be him, I'm going to be like extra mad at him. <laughs> Who do you think is going to win Bitcoins? Well, right now it's... I think it's uh, the North Korea or the best Korea or whatever. The farm is that is. Aztec? The slaughterhouse. Is that Aztec? No, Aztec's Aztec. Yeah. The slaughterhouse, I think, is GOAT, right? That's GOAT. And then best career farm is kind of unknown. Nobody knows who it is. But that's another one I have some suspicions on who it might be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know who that is, too. Do you think it's Hector? No. Who do you think it is? I think it's Tidwell, another Atlanta. <laughs> dude, it's dude, fucking Tidwell. I bet you that guy's lurking in the shadows. You know, he's Oh, he he's definitely got... is. <laughs> I mean, he might be Cornonymous. I, I'm unaware of any other published card from him. Wait, maybe did, did, did Tidwell publish a card? Did he officially? Not unless he's Cornonymous. Huh. But yeah, he's been lurking in the chat. I mean, he's he's uh, my introduction essentially to the to the fields. And yeah, so he's definitely very much involved and big into it, but we just seems like he's chasing after that bragging. Okay. I reposted the Tidwell rap in the chat not that long ago. Yeah, I like to dig that up and 
Shared. It's pretty good. Awesome. Yeah. I can't yeah, believe he. Didn't he... Do it. I cannot believe he didn't win the election when he. Well, that's because he went up against me, though. That's why. <laughs> what, Nobody fucks like... with the truck. Nobody. Yeah, give a fuck. Full truck. I I memed the shit out of that election. <laughs> Love it. All right. Uh, final thoughts, truck. Any any cards that you feel like shilling? Anything that's really caught your fancy? Again, oh. I'll open it up to, to rare Pepe or or the corn. Either or. Me sold for one Ethereum. Super undervalued. Really disappointing. I bet whoever sold that's kicking themselves for doing that. Uh, Farm Road is my favorite card of recent. I have one already. It's fucking awesome. Love the Farm Road. Um, meme business in general. It's booming. It's a great time to be a farmer. And uh, go get your Corb. It's up on a dispenser by the time this podcast gets released. Amen, brother. And uh, I'll close it out with um, a card that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I actually have a physical representation of this card. It's it's here framed in my room right now. Uh, but the Wizard of Cops, you know, shout out to Truck. It's it truly is a beautiful piece of meme work. It inspires me to tend the farm every single day and. Um, it's I I also see like a little, you know, it's it's got some nice green hue to it. And it does I think it's a subtle nod back to the the genesis of all of this, which is rare Pepe. So uh shout out truck, Wizard of Cobbs, one of my favorite cards. It's beautiful. I really appreciate it, man. You do great work. God bless you. Thank you. Alrighty, farmers. Well that concludes today's episode. Again, this was a teaser. This is just the teaser. The real action, the hot exclusive episode with Xer is coming soon, TM, within two weeks. So stay tuned, but I also want to thank our esteemed guest, Truck and Cornholio, the great for joining us today. Stay at our farmers, keep pulling that soil. We love you. Keep chilling. We'll catch you on the next one. Cheers. Y siempre te lo pongo Y si tú me tiras Vamos a nadar en el hondo Si por mí te lo pongo De septiembre hasta agosto A mis cinco cones Lo que digan tu amiga Ya yo me enteré Se nota cuando me ve Ahí donde no has llegado Sabes que yo te llevaré Dime que quieres beber Es que tú eres mi bebé Y de nosotros quién va a hablar Mami me tiene buqueado, sí. Si fuera la Uru me tuviese parqueado, dando vueltas por el condado contigo siempre arrebatado. Tú no eres mi señora, pero toma cinco mil, gastalo en Sephora. Luis Butón ya no compra en Pandora, como piercing a los hombres perfora. Uh, hace tiempo le rompieron el cora, estudiosa puesta para ser doctora. Le gustan los títeres, William, no monta.